right, it's the 44th episode of the Hot Grits Podcast. Travis Jadon and Spencer Maddox here. A lot of stuff to talk about on the first half, and Jeff Schultz of The Athletic on the second half of the episode. Glad you're listening. Make sure you subscribe and rate. And without further ado, the 44th edition of the Hot Grits Podcast. Okay, Spencer, NFL playoffs in full gear and your Buccaneers are still in it. The futures bet that the world, or the HGP world at least, is hoping yeah. for is yeah. still alive. Uh, the Bucks and the Packers in the NFC title game. The Chiefs and mighty Chad Henney, maybe, uh, versus who in the AFC? The Bills. The Bills. Two pretty good games. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk about the Falcons uh, probably going with Terry Fontenot as their GM now that the Saints are out. And definitely, as you'll hear later from Jeff Schultz, Arthur Smith, definitely the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. So they go from uh, a Mike... Mike Smith to mm-hmm. a Dan to now an Arthur. So obviously just three old white guys. The Falcons yeah. do. Well, Arthur's not too old though. I mean, it's an old guy name for sure. Well, now how, what's the quota? How many Arthurs can you have in one building at a time? Ooh, that's and a I good don't know question. if it's federal or, or state law. We'd have to look at it. You're right. Arthur's versus. not like a, like a commonplace name either. No, like, like with an Arthur comes like great responsibility. Yeah. I feel like I don't know a single Arthur in my day to day life. Do you know an Arthur? Artie? I think I would call him Artie. Uh, yeah, I would definitely call him Art. Or yeah. Artie or something like that. It yeah. would not be Arthur. No, we don't have an Arthur, though. Uh, I, I don't know. We're like, we're, I don't really want to talk all about it because it was you know a few days removed now yeah. that we're recording this on. Um, and plus we have the interview like conversation. On Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the Jeff Schultz interview is awesome. You're definitely going to want to stick around for the second half of that. But the NFL right now, Spencer, is dominating the headlines. And... I I just run through what we have on the dock and then maybe let you just pick a topic. Here's what I, here's what I got: Urban Meyer to Jacksonville, Eric Bieniemy to nowhere, which was very surprising. The offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, there's the Houston fiasco with Deshaun Watson. He's definitely going to get traded. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, Dolphins in the mix there. By the way, no big deal. Um, we can talk about Drew Brees retiring, and. Probably retiring, thanks to our guy Jay Glazer reporting that. Um, any of those? Let's talk about Deshaun Watson, man. Let's not bury the lead here. Go ahead and get to it. Dude, this this whole Deshaun Watson mess, did you see that they are, uh, like, Texans fans were planning a peaceful protest outside of the stadium? And yeah. Deshaun Watson told them to, like, basically disperse. Like, please don't do that for me. Yeah, he, well, and, you know, I thought it was sort of weird and Maybe this is just me. It's MLK Day, so I don't know that yeah. anyone is allowed. You can't have a parade or like a demonstration for another person on MLK Day, can you? I mean, that's. I mean, there's no like, no, that's not breaking the law. Like, what are you going to tell these people they can't do something just because it's another day? I, I get it's in poor taste, but. It just seems like do it, do it tomorrow. Do it on Tuesday. Well, they're all off work. That's why. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Logistics. You think about the logistics. Well, yeah, I'm a planner. You are a logistics guy. Yeah. Huh. 
Houston's an absolute nightmare right now. <laughs> yeah, it really is a circus. And we talked to Jeff Schultz a lot about the, the Falcons organization and how, and I, I still think that there's a definite, definite question mark as to how they arrived at hiring Arthur Smith and, and the fact that they're using the same people to hire the guys that haven't worked and they're using the same process to find these guys that haven't worked. And they did it again with Arthur Smith. He may be a great coach, but the same people that hired Dimitrioff, that hired uh, Dan Quinn. Right. And Dan Quinn did not really have a great tenure as the Falcons head coach after year one. There right. was one season after year one where they were good. They'd been terrible. My, my whole thing is it's kind of terrifying to me that they hired a head coach before they hired a GM. Well, I think Ryan Fontenot. You know? I mean, no, I don't think this. Like, it's a guarantee that Ryan Fontenot had already talked. Okay. Well, I yeah, mean, yeah, he had yeah. already talked, but do you he, think he'd that- already like he was definitely in the loop and approved of the? I, I would, or maybe not approved, but was on board with the hire. I, there's no way that Fontenot. Why couldn't they get a GM done before all this, man? Well, like, you can't. You're not allowed to while the team's in the playoffs. So the Saints didn't lose till last night. Gotcha. Um, well, let's jump right into that. Drew Brees is, is <coughs> retiring. I guess it's not official. official. Yeah, it's not official, but it's, he's widely expected to retire. It, it's, it's, it's pretty much as official as it gets to me because after the game, you see him like soaking it all in, like look back at the field. There's video of him and Tom Brady after the game on the field, kind of talking to each other and spending time with each of their kids. I mean, it just felt like and looked like everything Jay Glazer said was true. If Drew Brees is retired, where, where are we? Uh, I mean, he's first ballot, right? Oh, absolutely. Just statistics-wise, yeah. All right, but hear me out on this. Like, okay. How close are him and Matt Ryan? And you're in tiers, just off the rip, the way you slot those guys. Matt Ryan is a tier or two below Drew Brees okay. right now. So, I mean, but Drew Brees. Drew Brees won one yeah. Super Bowl. Drew Brees is also years I think, like of Sean Payton six years Brees. older, and he's continued that level of excellence for another six years on top of what Matt Ryan's already done. But Matt Ryan's only one half away from being essentially right where Drew Brees is. But Twice. he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have the county numbers yet. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But but if Matt Ryan has that Super Bowl, then then we're talking about him like he's he then becomes the first ballot Hall of Famer because he's on the trajectory. I think Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer, almost certainly. Right? I don't know if he's... Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he's first ballot. He's NFL MVP. I mean, he's led the league in passing yards. He's been... I don't know if he's been a Pro Bowler multiple times, but he's been top five in passing yards almost every year. Is Phillip Rivers a, a Hall of Famer? I would imagine so, yeah. Because he's got better county numbers than Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine so. Hmm. But it, it's... I'm I'm not pro football Hall of Fame guy, and I, know, I understand there is some uh, debate as to whether, like, these new passing numbers matter as much as they used to, you know what yeah. I mean? Because well, this, the errors changed. But I would imagine that Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I would imagine that Matt Ryan's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer as well once he does retire. I think he has to do it for a few more years, though. He's kind of entering the the back end of his career. And as we've seen with these quarterbacks, they can go until they're 42, 43 years old now, you know? Yeah. I mean, they keep themselves in good shape, and all they got to do is throw the ball, bro. And this is the last year where, where stats will be. This is the last year of an era, legitimately the last year of an era, because starting next year there's an extra game in the regular season, so no long, it'll always be before 2021 and after 2021 with the amount of games in the regular season. Do you think that Drew Brees will have his legacy at all tarnished by what happened with the kneeling thing and when he came out 
is I, and I don't even remember specifically what happened, but remember Drew Brees came out against all that and, and then quickly, like the next day, made an apology, basically saying that his grandparents were war veterans and but, but doesn't it seem like that's already been forgotten? Yeah, I would I would it's think wild. I would think his legacy would only be tarnished with the crowd that was anti kneeling. But have you seen think, have I you seen anything it. like No. No, like, I but I mean, his, his, uh, he was accepted back by his teammates. So like if right. they're going to accept him back, like who are we not to, I don't know. I hear that. It just seems like so many people don't get that opportunity. Like if, they, yeah. if you mess up one time, you're well, canceled. My man. Drew Brees has been, I mean, he is in terms of like, uh, moral, uh, fiber, everything we hear about the guy has been excellent. His oh, entire little, career. Yeah, little guy, fighter yeah. attitude, always been told he's too short. Yeah. Well, he's also like team first guy, like extremely humble. Yeah, he's like a noted Christian, so that he's got like all those things working for him. You know what I mean? And uh, from everything I hear, everyone loves the guy. So, well, for me as a Dolphins fan, I'll, I will never ever associate Drew Brees with anything except for that critical decision that the Dolphins made that off season when Drew Brees was leaving San Diego and Dante Culpepper is leaving Minnesota. Don't you talk bad about my guy Dante Culpepper? Think about this for a second. Breeze was set to sign in Miami. Miami literally had its choice. And the other guy was almost assuredly going to New Orleans. So think about this now. After Katrina and when New Orleans basically brought that city back behind Breeze, what if Culpepper ends up in New Orleans and Breeze ends up in Miami? The whole trajectory of not only the teams, the players, and the franchises, but the two cities. Like literally New Orleans might be a different fucking place. If the Dolphins don't mess that decision up, it's wild. So I think the Dolphins deserve a little credit for Drew Brees' career. Well, yeah, maybe like a nod on the plaque or something, at least a sentence. Thank you, God, for not bringing me there. You mean like something like that? I don't know. Maybe just saying like, why why Dante? (laughs) Why Culpepper? It sucks to think about that as a Dolphins fan. What do you think of these games over the weekend, dude? uh, I mean, I thought that – first off, I took – the Rams, right? And I slaved over that decision, even though I thought the Packers were going to win. And I and uh, and, and I picked the Ravens preseason. We know that to win the Super Bowl, but I thought going into the playoffs, the Packers were the best team in the NFL, and I thought that they were going to win the Super Bowl. But I don't know why. I just thought that the Rams were going to cover, it, and they never yeah. did. So that that pissed me off. And Aaron Rodgers is the man. I'm excited though to see Brady versus Rodgers. Me too. Can I drop bro. a stat on you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Tom Brady will, on Sunday, have a chance to beat the NFL's MVP and eliminate him from the playoffs for the eighth time in his career. Seven times previously, Tom Brady has beaten that year's MVP. And to be clear, you're not saying MVP, you're saying MVP. Right, most valuable player. Obviously, Mitchell Trubisky is forever the MVP. He's the only MVP. Whoa, that's a crazy So he's eliminated seven MVPs in his career. That's a crazy yes. And Rodgers hasn't won the MVP, but he's going to win the MVP. I mean, he's a lot. I so, bet I could name him off if I if I really tried. Um, I don't want to try, but I bet I could. Well, the last two were Mahomes and Matt Ryan. Right. Uh, I know one of them was LaDainian Tomlinson. Goff? Throwback. You know, Goff was never an MVP. He wasn't that in that Super Bowl year? I don't think, no. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to remember the list. No, because there was only like... Out of the seven, like four of them were quarterbacks, I think. Really? Anyways, you guys can look that up. But that, but that that's is super, a, uh, super interesting. I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Like, in, 
Rodgers consistently gets compared to Brady in terms of like most dominant quarterback of this era too. Yeah, I love so Rodgers, man. Just his whole swag. I do too. I like him a lot. He's an individual. Like he, uh, he really is. Yeah, I, uh, bro. I mean, the Bucks just put it on him. What did I, I kind of felt like the Browns choked a little bit though, right? I mean, I don't know. They're playing the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, when Patrick Mahomes went down, I was like, this is their, this is their shot. You don't like, have confidence in Chad Henney? And Chad Henney, no. Oh, oh. I did not know Chad Henney was still the league. That's that's that is insane. super impressive. Yeah. So now two two former Dolphins quarterbacks in the playoffs this year, and the Dolphins did not make the playoffs. No big deal. Um, anything else from the NFL? I, I I thought that the Urban Meyer thing to Jacksonville was basically universally, uh, maybe not applauded, but understood. Like I get it, and I'm on board with what Jacksonville is doing. Like. If Urban Meyer is not great there, I'm still okay with the hire because oh, I think Jacksonville an, needs a splash. I think it's an excellent hire. Well, I think well, he a, knows if he's going to be a good NFL coach. Like, well, yeah, but, but I he's mean, never lost anywhere he's been. He, yeah, I mean, he might be a really shitty NFL coach, but I would bet that he's going to be a good NFL coach with the possibility that he's a great NFL coach. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. so anytime you have like the opportunity to bring in somebody who could potentially elevate your franchise, you do it immediately. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what the Falcons didn't do. Yeah. They I mean, did who- this, like he, Arthur Smith could be a great, great coach too, yeah. but the Falcons hired the same sort of guy yeah. that they have always hired. The Jaguars went from, it's, it feels like a safe hire, doesn't it? Yeah. And the Jaguars Extremely went safe. from Doug Marone to urban Meyer. So they clearly are, are like, let's take this thing in a different direction. Yeah. Something the Falcons are unwilling. I like us. We do. love a splashy hire. I did want to say this about uh, this upcoming Chiefs versus Bills game. With the news of Patrick Mahomes possibly having a concussion, that this line, is, line is nuts, it's, bro. Yeah, it's rapidly changing. I think I'm. I'm taking. I see. I don't know whether to take Bills. I think the line. If so, the line will move more if Patrick Mahomes. Is if they decide Patrick Mahomes is going to play, right? You can put seven points. It's yeah. almost about six to I would, seven. I would guarantee it's somewhere around ten favor. You know what I mean? Like they're a favorite by ten if Mahomes plays the Bills. Oh, no, no, no. You don't think so? Maybe I, nine. Okay, so I would guess if Mahomes plays, yeah, it's Chiefs. And it should, we should say it's. I'd say Chiefs minus four. The line right now is minus two and a half. Yeah. Oh, Chiefs. you think it's you think if Mahomes plays, it's Chiefs minus four. Chiefs minus four. Oh, no, if Mahomes him. doesn't play, I'll, t- I'll I'll say that it's Bills minus three. So I'm putting exactly seven points. A lot of Mahomes. people, a lot of people think that if Mahomes doesn't play, it's going to end up. Oh, so, wait, yeah, 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 you're saying Bills minus three if it, Mahomes doesn't play. Seven points swing from Mahomes yeah. playing or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from Chiefs minus four to Bills. Minus three. I've seen some handicappers saying it's going to be Chiefs minus nine, Chiefs minus eight if Mahomes plays, which. That that makes a lot of sense to me because right now it's it's already Chiefs minus two and a half and they're trying to decide whether you know right. Patty's going to play. If I I don't, <laughs> it's tough for me. I don't know. I almost don't want to touch it, but there's so much validity. Like, uh, what's the word? Volat- no, no volatility. Volat- volatility. There we go. I don't. I don't think word that's exactly guy. it. Yeah, I think you almost got to take the Chiefs here because it's just such a massive discount in the. The points could swing so far in the Chiefs' favor. But I, that's the only thing I had, dude. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to touch. That. I guarantee I'm not betting that game. Really? I guarantee I'm not. Betting I mean, that game. I I can't th- I can't think of a time where a line could swing that hard because concussions are such a unique injury where like we won't have any idea if he's going to play. Well, the thing is, like Mahomes is 100% going to play if he's allowed. Exactly, to play. but it's one of those injuries Concussion, where they won't allow him right, to play if he doesn't pass. Like, yeah, it's not like he can like it's not like a pain threshold or yeah. tolerance. It's, that's right. the only injury where it's like that. It's almost like COVID testing. Like yeah. You literally. Well, yeah, COVID testing now. But I mean, it's almost like like you don't, you can just do everything you can to play and then just not be able to play by the rules. So Fucking fascinating, dude. Yeah. Well, it, like I think the, the NFL is getting exactly what it wants. Like if you're the NFL, this is a pretty great final four for you as far as ratings go. And obviously quarterbacks drive the league. Rodgers and Brady it is, I mean, all week it's going to be talked about leading up to it. Yeah, the, the two quarterbacks, but it really is going to be historical to watch. I think it's something that we're lucky yeah. to see. I mean, Rogers were, were you Brady. let down at all by uh, Breeze versus Brady? Um, no, because I wasn't buying it. Because I don't. You didn't buy the hype. I mean, because I know that Breeze is not like I'm able to remember what Breeze was yeah. for 95% of his career. I still think he's, he's a shell of, I thought he was a shell. You of still himself. think he's a shell of himself? Bro, I, th- like I still he was, think like Michael Thomas didn't have one catch. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't. And Michael Thomas didn't play great though. <laughs> like, well, they couldn't, they didn't throw it 10 yards like yeah. further than 10 yards down the field. It's just yeah. like pretty, you know, pretty vanilla, pretty easy to cover. Yeah. I get that. Vanilla. Uh, I've just seen him play against the Falcons so many times that he still scares me. Like I, I you know. Oh no, yeah, same way for Brady. Like yeah. I, for me as a Dolphins fan, I don't, I don't bet against Brady. Period. Um, you want to, you want to do some Hawks ceiling watch, dude? Yeah, Hawks are about to tip off um, as we record this on Martin Luther King Day, uh, two thirty tip, I believe, and it's two p.m. right now. Um, we'll jump into that, Spencer. But first, let's tell the people about Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner is our title sponsor, and we're grateful to those guys. You need to check them out for the NFL playoffs or for Spencer's what flavor wings? I'm not going to talk about the Honey Dijon barbecue wings. You said you weren't going to talk about I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about Honey Dijon barbecue wings today. Okay, so Spencer will not tell you to go try the Honey Dijon barbecue wings, but I will tell you to call them at 912-352-2933 and visit them at 3016 East Victory Drive. Tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you and uh, make sure you go follow Rubbin and Grubbin, the NASCAR show. Yes. Uh those guys do a great job of covering NASCAR. We got to get them on before the season starts, I believe. Um, well, no, less than a month. They away got now. a good energy Co- about a couple them, weeks. They got a good energy. Yeah, I mean, I think they're studs at everything except for, unfortunately, for them bowling. I mean, yeah. they, they are not going to be able to compete with us on the in the lanes, on the lanes, in the lanes, on the lanes. The only lanes they can compete with us are on like NASCAR lanes, right? No, I think I mean I'm good with them being good at great at everything else, but yeah. not in bowling, friend. Like it, it won't happen. No, you know what I mean. And I just hope that they're not putting in. Same for Carl and Chad, and those guys love them, love them to death. I just don't want them to be putting in a lot of hours before. And, yeah, well, you don't want them to waste their time. Out. Yeah, that's I'm being considerate. Yeah, that's that's really fair. I did enjoy their little call out they gave us though, dude. Yeah, it sounds that, like they got some confidence in them. They do. It's a true David versus Goliath matchup, though. Well, Those little guys versus us. But you know see, they mean? have the people behind them because yeah. obviously people hate the champs. Right. They hate the favorite. Right. And so in a lot of ways, we are Tom Brady. We are the Yankees. We are true. Derek Jeter. Uh, we are first ballot. Yeah. 
So we're expected to win. It's sort of a the slow rolling cloud of fate is what I like to call it. <laughs> what As did we... you post on Facebook uh, for one night and one night only in February? <laughs> uh, the, the Hot Grits podcast will bless this town with the most athletic performance you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> so stay tuned for that news. We are going to be having a charity bowling match for uh, the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Us, Carl Damasi, Chad Griffin. Yes, and sir. Then- Dan and Brandon. From- I'm told. I'm told that'll happen uh, in later February. That's for the time they're shooting. For. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you guys a, an, an exact date later on that. But in the meantime, go like us on Facebook and go like Coach's Corner and uh, those guys on Facebook as well. Um, Spitzer, do you want to defend the Hawks or rip the Hawks? We need to seal. Um, I'm not. De- I'm not defending the Hawks today. I'll, Let's update I will, the record though. Five and seven. Five and seven. They they had a really really tough loss to Port uh, Portland. Losers six of seven. Yes, it was. Uh, it was the second half of a back to back. So they were expected to lose. They were not expected to lose. However, when they went up by as many as sixteen points, correct in the first half. Tough. They finished that first half uh, up by seven. So the, uh, Portland made a little bit of a run. Portland finishes the game. They win by six. Right. Really tough. Trey Young looked like shit in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, he got I thought ripped. He was bad the, I thought he was bad the whole game. No, he was He was great in the first half. He got ripped by the national media, though, as well, he he's one for nine. One yeah. for nine from the field. Yeah. Um, I noticed that. One for nine from behind the arc. From behind the arc, yeah. yeah. Well, he took, yeah, he took like 25 shots, I think. He took a billion uh, shots. Clinty Capella had a decent game, though. He did. Uh, I think that it's notable that the Hawks' last nine games, leading scorer, Trey Young, three times. That that ain't it. That's and what we've all always of this, said. It cannot be that. Yeah. It well, all of this started. I mean, it's looking. I, I One of the games was last night, by the way. Yeah. I didn't think it was that big of a deal at the time. I thought this will blow over. But that John Collins-Trey Young argument, whatever was said, between the two of them. It was national news. It was written on by the athletic uh, Chris Kirshner. It has clearly affected the team in a negative way. Very clear. And Trey Young in a negative way. Uh, Jeff Schultz has some interesting words on John Collins. Yeah. And I thought that, but to hear what Schultz said about Collins last year, yeah. coming off the suspension and, and his attitude and stuff, it's really, it was interesting. And, yeah, it was extremely interesting. To hear him say that that is the number. He, he put... Lloyd Pierce, number two behind. Yeah, John Collins behind the relationship of John Collins and Trey Young. That was, I mean, telling. He wouldn't if nothing just say else. that. Yeah, so um, that that's interesting. We'll let so, we'll let Jeff speak for so, himself on that. So, what's your hawk ceiling watch? Are All you, right, hawk you, ceiling update. I am going to drop them now to a nine seed out of the playoffs. Nine seed. Well, that they will put the, the that will put them in the playoff. Like, no, that'll put them in the play-in game. Yeah, but now I have them changing the rules later in the year. Okay. So that's I will update my ceiling. Okay. Nine seed with modified playoff seed rules. Well, I'll I'll give Nine this seed I'll give this caveat before I give my uh I'm long winded every time we talk about the Hawks, dude. I love it. Uh I'll give this caveat. Danilo Gallinari is expected back this week. That's probably their third best player, maybe their second best player. Who gives a shit? So I'll keep them at a seven seed for now. I want to see what this team looks like when they're somewhat healthy. You're not dropping them at all, and they've lost nah. six of seven. No, nah, I, I think I'm I'm pretty comfy. With, they they played well. Yeah. Uh, what what day was that? If they have Saturday. a bad first quarter here in a couple minutes, I might yeah. drop them lower. So. Uh, yo, I don't blame you. I I'm gonna be screaming at the mic if they do have a bad <laughs> first quarter. First quarter. Do you know who had not a bad game at all, or or any quarter at all? 
was Flage, the <laughs> the daughter of Camouflage, Savannah rapper, and really uh, the. How do I say? He's this? the founder of our podcast. Mm, founder. Well, he was the shot spiritual in founder. Two thousand and three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. The Hawkrits. Uh, Godfather, also the writer, yeah. writer of the song and the rapper of the song. Yeah. Flage is a five-star girls basketball player in uh, Atlanta. I think it's DeKalb, up around Atlanta, maybe. She's uh, also a rapper herself, right? And was on American Idol. Yeah, like I, I would still say that. And shout out Flage. Like, definitely got to get you on the podcast. I know you're a listener. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say that she was average at rapping. Or yeah. if Camouflage wasn't her father, I'm not sure that. We would have ever even known. Well, this damn, season. I don't know if she's going to come off the podcast now. You just called her average. Well, she is that? not an average basketball player. That much, how much? She dropped forty-seven <sighs> points on Friday night in Atlanta, and she has offers from everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, I mean, literally, if you're getting offered from places like Notre Dame and UConn as a girls' basketball player, it doesn't really get. In, I mean, going to UConn and playing is more impressive to me than being the number one pick in the WNBA draft. Like. It, yeah, me it's, too. Because UConn is so elite. There's only like three or four girls in the country every year that go there in a, in a recruiting class. I mean, it's, yeah. that's nuts. So It's like getting into Harvard for basketball players. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. That's the tippy top of the mountain. I still wonder if that was a mistake that, that I didn't enroll at Harvard after I got in. Well, yeah. I mean, you had the SAT scores, right? Yeah, it's just between Harvard and Valdosta State. Yeah. <laughs> so Valdosta State. Save money. It's in-state tuition. Some people have said Valdosta State is the Ivy League school of the South. <laughs> I think they say that about Vanderbilt, if I'm not mistaken. Vanderbilt had a girl kicker that one time. They did, they did have a So don't one say time. anything bad about them or else. Do we want to talk about uh, Jeremy Pruitt? Uh, yeah, he's out at Tennessee. And can I break some news real quick? Yeah. Of another coach being out? Yeah. Uh, friend of the podcast, episode 30 guest, Jenkins football coach, Gene Clemens. Will not be back next year. You might remember him as the Madden coach, the guy he that is didn't the punt. coach that didn't punt. Yeah, correct. Um, so Spencer, I just crossed off one of my goals for 2021. We just broke some news. We broke some on news, the baby. Podcast. Um, let's go. Yeah. I mean, not let's go. We're sad that Gene Clemens is leaving, but we are. I heard this know. on Friday night, and we're recording this on Monday. Um, it was it was a classic news dump, and not to get sports media with you here, but if 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 news like that. Is not released, but if it occurs on a Friday afternoon before a long weekend, that, my friend, is a classic news dump because there's no way to get in touch with them. They're, everyone's out of the office. And by, the- and by Monday morning, it's like kind of old news at that point. Well, yeah, and they're not even there today because it's a holiday. Yeah. It's a long weekend. So they, it's literally dumped, you know, off the thing by them, but it's not going to slip by me, guys. <laughs> you haven't watched the Tiger Woods documentary? No, I haven't. I'm. Like relying on you to update me on that. Well, we'll 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 talk about it after you watch it. But it's on HBO, two part documentary, and part one was eh that came out last Sunday. Part two was electric, really electric. I'm obsessed with Tiger Woods. I think most people know that about me, and I don't think that I ever thought there was something about that story or about that time that I would be like, holy shit, I had no idea that ever even happened, and. On this show, I'm telling you, you'll spend half an hour with your mouth open, wide open, because some of the stuff that happened, we saw in the public, and we didn't realize what was happening behind the scenes, and they line it all up for you. 
by the hour of how that went all went down and and it was really really well done um some people had takes on it that it was a little too negative but i mean you have to cover that stuff there's no way for that stuff to be positive yeah um Okay, we'll talk and about he didn't. It. He didn't have like a hand in this documentary, like Michael Jordan did. Maybe. No, no, no. Tiger okay. Woods, his camp adamantly denies it. And in fact, the only people interviewed on the entire thing were people that had been discarded by Tiger Woods. That's part of the documentary too. Really, that, that you learn, like his own his old swing coaches, like people like that. Tiger Woods, literally, you learned this in the documentary. He literally had, and still does, has. A thing where he cuts people out and off immediately. Best friend from childhood, gone at the drop of a hat. Like, never talked to her again after, after that thing. Best friend, okay? Steve Williams, the caddy that won 13 majors with Tiger Woods and the guy that was by his side through the original injuries and the guy that saw him come up, he hasn't spoken. Tiger Woods has not spoken to Williams since since Williams caddied for Adam Scott while Tiger Woods was out. Okay, and Williams comes on this documentary and he goes, you know, I didn't think that he was firing me as a friend. I'm a grown man and and a professional caddy. I know that you change golfers and you change who you work with. But to never speak to me on tour again when I see him, like he doesn't even give me a head nod. It's it's pretty wild. And and it's the same thing Tiger did with the girls. He just does it, did it with everyone. And maybe that's how he won so many... (laughs) So many. Uh, That's psychotic, dude. It is psychotic, dude. But I'm telling you, I came away thinking like he Tiger Woods was exactly who I thought he was. He cares about nothing but winning, and really, he you learn even more that he only cares about 19. 19 majors is the only thing in life that that guy cares about, and it's really like it's sort of refreshing for me, Spencer, <laughs> that a guy is not that balanced. That he is that world class athlete. I loved it. So you should probably check that out. Um, what else? We got Braves. No DH in the National League is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like they're bringing back the rules that most baseball guys hate, i.e. the seven inning and in extra innings, they're going to keep an extra guy on base. Well, on I'm not going to pretend to know what base. I'll let you tell me what baseball guy is saying. What are you, what are you hearing from baseball guy? Uh, uh, like how is baseball guy taking this? They're, they're not taking it well. I'll tell you that. I, I actually think most like, Baseball guy in quotation marks, like baseball fan, doesn't want the DH in the National League, but that's what they should do. They don't. They don't. Baseball guy doesn't know what what's good for him, dude. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. Fuck no. Never yeah. have, and that's what that's the way they like it. Yeah, that's the way they like it. Delusional. But yeah, so they'll start with extra inning games with a man on second base and play double headers, only seven innings. Um, Max Fried was signed three point five million. Dollars for one year. He avoided arbitration. Uh, right now, the Braves are in arbitration with Mike Soroka and Dansby Swanson. I don't want to go too inside baseball, but just to briefly explain what that is, because I think a lot of people don't get that. Yeah. Uh, Swanson, if you, if, you, if you go to arbitration, it essentially means that you give the team a number that you think you're worth, and every arbitration is one year. Yeah. One-year deal. X number of dollars for the next year, and it's based off of the previous season. Um, not the, not what you were making the previous season, what you did the yeah. previous season. That's why it's so important to become arbitration eligible so you have that freedom and power. Um, so the player gives the team a number, the team counters with a number, or vice versa, and then a third-party arbitrator decides. They don't decide in the middle. 
They don't decide on a different number. Yeah. They decide on one of those two Which numbers. is wild. So bro. when you hear Max Reed one year, 3.2 million, that, that's not the Braves getting a great deal. That's Max Freed avoiding arbitration yeah. in preparation for that huge contract that he will get someday. And Mike Soroka is about to do the same thing. So Soroka... Well, it's just it's so uh, foreign to me. Like A guy like Max Freed in any other sport is not going to play for $3.5 million next year. The impact he has in any other sport, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, he's getting $10 million plus. So how the shit did they not already lock him up for a multi-year contract? Like, explain. So, like, Freed could hold out or or start talking and demanding that he wants to sign a long-term deal or be traded or he doesn't want to to uh, go to arbitration or do any of that. Yeah. But if he's not going to do that, okay. The, he, that means the team has no incentive to try and lock Right, but that up. means he's betting on himself. So, so if Max Freed would have demanded a long-term contract this time last year. Yeah he would have fucked himself because he went out and had a better, he increased his value this year. Yeah. So now he is essentially doing that same thing again. He's doubling down. He's betting on himself once again. Max Scherzer famously did this for four years and people thought he was a madman. And he ended up, I mean, he ended up like making well over $150 million yeah. by betting on himself. So things like that can happen. I mean, but he could also, the fact of the matter is that Soroka and Fried are going to demand. They're going to soon. The Braves are going to have to decide. On those two pitchers, they're going to get big time contracts from somebody. Yeah, it's either going to be the Braves or it's not. Now Soroka is coming off the injury, so we'll see. But he, so the Braves uh, offered Soroka two point one. Soroka counted at two point eight, so that's not that big of a difference. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Dansby Swanson three point one five million last year. He filed at six point seven million this year. The Braves countered with six million. Now that's not a lot, right? But here's the thing: six point seven million Swanson. That's double what he was making last year, and it was sixty games a season, or sixty games in the season last year. So he has extrapolated his numbers out, and his agent has, I guess, uh, for one sixty-two. And so this, people are saying that Dansby Swanson's arbitration case is going to be the case study. Yeah, will, I did see will that. Arbitrators take the 60 game season as 60 games or will they take it as half of what, you know what I mean? Will they just double your, I don't really understand because the Braves number is so close that like, if it it would make sense to me, if the Braves put out a number like 4 million, you know what I mean? Like, but the difference between what he was making, so Swanson thinks that his value has doubled. Right. Since one year ago. I'm sure the Braves would disagree on that. Yeah. But, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I would definitely sign Soroka and Freed before Swanson. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I guess let's let's hit on non sports, and then we'll mm-hmm. get we'll get him to uh, to the Jeff Schultz interview. Yeah, you want to do that? Yep. Uh, it's MLK Day, baby. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of hoops on. Do you have any MLK Indeed. Day takes? I was listening to some Martin Luther King stuff on iTunes today. iTunes has a section of his speeches. They're right. all they're all only like even the famous ones are only like ten minutes long. It's crazy how electric Martin Luther King was. Oh, man. I could listen to that guy read a cookbook. I'm telling you, like... Well, whenever we lived together, like, we watched a documentary about him. We both came away like, oh, my God. He's just such a, like, a good orator. Like, I don't know. He's a content machine. Yeah, <laughs> dude. He's a machine. He's writing letters from jail. I mean, he was unsought. Could you imagine the impact 
that he would have had, like with like people on the West Coast weren't hearing his speeches till like a day or two later. Yeah. Think about that. Like the impact he would have had today. Are you like, come on. I mean, it's nuts. Man, like whenever you whenever you go back whenever you go back and like look at his history, it's crazy what they didn't teach us about him in school. Like I didn't I never knew about him getting arrested, all those things. Or if I did, it was just brushed over. It is absolutely ludicrous that anyone ever arrested this guy. If anything, he should he should have ended up as president someday. He should have ended up, you know, one of those things. He probably wouldn't have because people had dirt on him, you know, because right. they had FBI cases and shit on him. Well, but, yeah, Hoover was just – he had dirt on every single person in the country. Yeah, but bro, man, like what a messed up time. And we've come so far in like I honestly want to know what MLK would think about where we're at today. Like uh, that that's tragic to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he would have a lot to say about the polarization and about how the yeah. ultimate goal should be the same. But the fact of the matter is that back then they didn't have – there were two different sets of what the fu- what people wanted the future to look like. Yeah. And I think it's very similar right now. I mean, it hasn't changed that much. Now, the two, the two sides may think different things now, but they're not really altogether that close. There are two distinct sides in this country, and it's just important, I think, to at least step back for an hour – or two, one day a year, and you know, at least think about the kind of impact that guy had. That Absolutely, guy had. I mean, um, ATL breaks out there. Uh, not to switch to something lighter, like immediately, but ATL breaks out their city jerseys today, and they literally just say MLK on them. Love that. Uh, you saw the Pope bless them. Well, the Pope's own one. The Pope is own one. He lost his it's, not a, it's not a great look. Uh, so we regroup. You know, we do we do a couple Hail Marys. I didn't know if I told you I'm Catholic now. I mean, and you would convert to like you would convert to any religion for a title, I'm right? Sure. Well, no, no, I wouldn't com- convert outside of Christianity. I don't think for a title. Really? No, you yeah, just I'm not very back after. Just be like, Psych. no, dude, I'm not trying to go to hell over the Hawks. No, like, no, no, I'm saying like, like you do the whole ceremony or whatever, like, but like you and God know that it's you're just joking until after the time, right? Like we got like a pinky, back. we got a pinky promise. No, I don't think I can turn my like. That's probably the one thing I wouldn't turn my back on for a title is my religion. Christ, um, I, I'm like, then I'm not going to tell you things I would. So do would you do like a satanic ritual for a title in Miami? For it, the dolphins? Yeah, it has to be like filmed, and your mom's gonna see it. A satanic ritual? I don't know, like something. No, I'm just saying, like something, convert. <laughs> well, Satanism is a religion. Oh, boo that! Not getting, not going. Down You're not that touching path. Satan. Okay. I'm saying uh, that's fair. Give me the mainstream religions, and I'll take, uh, I'll take Hinduism as well. Okay, fair. Any of those? All right, fine. I'm not doing that, but I don't blame you for doing it. I like. I think I would go like Seventh Day Adventist. Maybe you, you uh, want to ask me what kind of felonies would I commit to have Tom Brady in Miami? Yeah, I told like- you, quote dozens. <laughs> And then you listed off some things that were not felonies. Yeah, it was, it, well. And then we got into some white collar stuff. Right, it would just be white collar things, obviously. Um, I would rather commit a crime than change my religion. Uh, that shows you my moral fiber. Credit to me. I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, you do deserve a lot of credit there. Credit to me. All right, let's get the people to the Jeff Schultz interview. Uh, Jeff from The Athletic, we're really, really grateful that he was able to join us. Um we unfortunately like a lot of the Falcon stuff that we talked about early. The audio was like a little skimpy on it, so we like decided ultimately to to cut that and, yeah. and start with the Georgia Bulldogs conversation. So um, it'll kind of sound like we're jumping in halfway through, but the question leading in to Jeff Schultz's first answer is about 
Justin Fields and Jake Fromm and that decision from Kirby it's, Smart. It's we, really, really, really good stuff. And Jeff is like the consummate professional. Like, He's great. Yeah, been in Atlanta since 1989 covering yeah. pro sports. And it was just awesome to – like all the things that we referenced that most people never – Get, like he didn't he got every single record. right like at one point i asked him like was sean weatherspoon on that team yeah was it, and he was like i don't know it was a 2000 and he started thinking back and like he was like no i don't think he was but like he was interested in things like that yeah like, that we that we talk about and we compare the falcons the uh, one thing the one thing i didn't ask him that i wish i would have asked him like if atlanta won us won a title because he's not like an atlanta sports fan right he just covers atlanta sports but right the, I, I always wanted to i wanted to ask him and I couldn't fit it in. Is if Atlanta won a title, like what would his reaction be? Would he finally be like, <sighs> like kind of just like let out a sigh? You know what I mean? Like it's finally over with. Or does he really not give a shit? You know, we should have asked him that because technically yeah. Jeff Schultz only has one title. Yeah. Since 1995, I mean, Jeff Schultz has been there several times. Yeah. So at least covering the team, but damn. without you know, I mean, he's still an OG, but yeah, we we that that question needed to be asked. Hand yeah, up. Hand that's on up. us. We'll get him. We'll get him the next time around. Take us away, Trev. All right. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Podcast Grits. Follow me at Jadon Sports. Um, you can follow uh, the show on Instagram at The Hot Grits. Uh, make sure to follow me at Spencer Maddox underscore on Twitter. Uh, what is it? Hot Grits Pod on Instagram or no, that's the, on Twitter. Hot, the Hot Grits on Instagram. Podcast Grits on hand up. Twitter. I messed that up. That's fine. As long as you throw the hand up. Uh, but more importantly, go to Apple iTunes, if you're listening to this on Apple, just go to the show page, scroll to the bottom, and click that five stars. Just do it, dude. We know you're listening and not subscribing. Right That's now, messed up. We are 51 of 51. Yeah. 51 straight, five stars. But, you know, not to brag here, the number, the download numbers for each episode, a lot higher than 51. Yep. So, where are you guys? Like, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you listening. You know, so it's on you. Now, we're putting the ball in your court. Um, and that's all I got. All right, so until episode 45, thank you guys. Stay safe and wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace. Do you need work done at your house? Do you live in Savannah? Perfect. Then call Bewley Oaks Home Improvement today and tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. 912-667-5235. Ask for Tony. If you need work done inside your house, outside your house, you need the walls done, roofing, flooring, bathrooms, kitchen, garage, anything you need done, we guarantee the Bewley Oaks Home Improvement knows how to fix it. So again, call them, ask for Tony, tell them the Hot Grits Podcast sent you, and they'll take care of you. 912-667-5235. The issue with with Justin Fields transferring out of the program. The problem was, wasn't what happened after that previous season. In other words, Georgia can't lose that. I think what that was when they lost the second time to Alabama in the SEC title game. Um, Georgia right. can't lose that game and then, and then have – Kirby's not going to go – to Justin Fields after that game saying, I know you're considering transferring, but don't do it. I guarantee you the starting job next year. He can't guarantee Justin Fields the starting job that next year because his income is incumbent quarterback, Jake Fromm, at that point had played two seasons. In both years, his team got to the SEC title game. They won an SEC title. 
and they and they made it to a national championship game. Those were those were Jake Fromm's two years as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Now he could have said, and maybe he even did say, we don't know that. We never, we probably never will know this. He could have said to Justin Fields, it's an open competition next year. That wasn't going to keep Justin Fields from transferring, though. The only thing that would have probably kept him from transferring would have been, it's your job. I'm guaranteeing you this now. And obviously, no coach, particularly Kirby Smart, is ever going to do that. The problems with what happened was during the season. They had Justin Fields, a talented freshman on the roster. They said a few times that they were going to have plays and packages of plays for him, and they were going to work him into the offense and kind of give us two different looks. Yeah, I remember that. And that that never happened. And because that never happened, Justin Fields, when he was making this decision, did not have that as sort of something to look back on. And, and, Georgia coaches didn't have something to gauge him in terms of what this kid could do to the offense. If that had happened during the season where you had, well, you had Justin Fields, not in games for just plays, occasional plays, but actual giving, giving him entire series. If that had happened during the season, um, I'm convinced two things would have happened. Number one, Justin Fields would have been a little more happy with his role at Georgia, at least that year. And it might've impacted his his thoughts. And secondly, certainly Georgia coaches would have seen what he could do. Um, now, moving forward. Uh, oh, and answer your question. And so that, that to me is basically has determined what's happened the last couple of years. It's been the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there have been plays, don't get me wrong, that I look at Kirby Smart kind of sideways in terms of some decisions he makes during games, you know, but I, I could do that with any coach. I mean, I covered Bill Walsh. I could do that with Bill Walsh. It's like, what, what's he thinking there? And sometimes the decisions go well, and sometimes they don't go well. Um, that, that's kind of why I wanted to ask you about Kirby Smart, because I, I, some of those press conferences after the game or, you know, even in the offseason, some of those questions are, 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 you know, not rehearsed, but just sort of like the answer is already known by everyone in the room. But I always enjoy your questions because it's actually – something that we want to know and oftentimes that means that means Kirby's that means Kirby Smart doesn't want to say it I I remember specifically one time in October I think it was 20 I think it was 2019 it was it was before a Kentucky game I think and you had asked him about James Coley I think and and he's just started going off about the Kentucky rush defense like just on a full-on monologue about the Kentucky rush defense when you asked him about a Georgia assistant has Kirby Smart to you been been what it looks like from the outside, like a sort of a mirror image of Saban when it comes to dealing with the media and keeping, you know, keeping a tight lid on things. Yeah. I think a lot of coaches and managers in sports and include baseball, you know, after a while they become very good at pivoting, just like a politician. And if there's something they don't want to talk about, they won't talk about it. Um, the JT and, Daniels thing was nuts this year. I mean, it was the only thing people were yeah. thinking about and he wouldn't, yeah, and 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 that's. I mean, look. I think they should have made the change to JT Daniels earlier. I think I think if he came out that first game and struggled, everybody would have said, "Okay, I see what you're talking about." Right. Um, I think they could have made the change at least a game earlier, um, but they didn't. You know. Um, and in terms of Kirby, I think he's like a lot of coaches. There are just some things that he's not going to want to say after the press conference. I, there have been many situations where. 
he has either denied something or refused to acknowledge it or answer a question after the game. I'm um, just because he's still in sort of game mode and I'm going to protect the players. I'm going to protect my staff right. kind of mode. But then after looking at film that night or the next day, the next time the media talked to him, either Sunday or Monday, he's like, you know, looking back, we should have done this more. We should have done that. You know, that decision is the game I made during the day. That, that was the decision I made during the game, but obviously it didn't work out. You know, a little time to perspective, perspective and think about it. He, he might change his tune. And frankly, he's, he's also pretty good about when he, and every football coach is, knows this. So just so you know, you, I think you use the word rehearsed or whatever. When any football coach, particularly, particularly football coaches more than other coaches, because they only play once a week. When they walk into a press conference, they already know what most of the questions are going to be asked. Um, and they already know, they've already somewhat know what they're going to say. And they know how they could avoid answering it. The one thing I've learned with Kirby, and this is why sometimes I get pretty good answers out of them, where some other people can't, is, and, and actually Seth Emerson's really good about this too, because we talked about this. Kirby's really good about answering a question with your exact words, even though your exact words may not be the context. And it's hard for me to give you an example right yeah, now. Yeah, no. But, but, right. but when you are asking Kirby a question, you better use the exact words to get the exact answer you want and or to for him to respond to the exact words you're using and don't give him any wiggle room whatsoever so like many times i'll ask Kirby a question you know something along the line let me give you an example something along the lines of look i know so-and-so has a really good pass defense and they did this last week to kentucky but that said, were you still disappointed in your passing game? Okay. So I've now eliminated two potential answers he might have given. So if I just said, why did your passing game suck? He can't say, well, that's a really good pass defense over there. Or did you see what they did at Kentucky two weeks ago? You know, right. Now I've already, I've already put that up front in the question. And so my point is I have to try to corner him as much as I can in a nice way. So that he gives me, he actually answers the question. You're listening to Our Convo with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic. And this segment is brought to you by John Carr Real Estate. If you're buying and selling a home in the Savannah area or the surrounding areas, John Carr is your guy. Call him at 912-228-0916 or find him at 6349 Abercorn Street and johncarrealty.com. Again, that's 912-228-0916. Okay, Jeff, I promise we won't keep you much longer, but uh, I want to try something out real quick because we on this podcast oftentimes just spend minutes and sometimes hours just lamenting Georgia sports heartbreaks. And for us, uh, or for you, being, being... in the Atlanta sports scene since 1989, you've obviously been, you know, you witnessed the 90s Braves uh, and were part of covering them in that division title streak that, you know, will probably never be matched uh, and that kind of success. But since 1995, obviously no titles. Um, for you covering these games, Georgia, Braves, Falcons in the Super Bowl, I would imagine it is number one. Can you narrow down some of these heartbreaks into, into – 
you know, maybe like a, a Mount Rushmore of sorts. Like for me, I always think of the Braves, the infield fly rule and, and that catastrophe when they were like six games better than the Cardinals and lost in a one game playoff. And then Georgia in 2012 in the SEC title and 2018 in the Natty, uh, the Falcons in the Super Bowl, obviously all these sort of heartbreaks for you. Does it, does anything come close to the, the Falcons 28 to three collapse over? I have that game story pulled up that that's still one of the, uh, a new low for Falcons, a new low for Atlanta is the headline that you had in the AJC. And that sums yeah. it up perfectly. Does anything come close to that? No. And, and here's why um, they had not only, there's a couple of reasons they had not only blown the lead, but even after they blew the lead or had pretty much blown the game, they had a play where Julio Jones makes an unbelievable catch near the sideline where the game is over. So they had, they had already, most of their 28 to three lead have, had evaporated and everybody kind of was at that holy crap moment, right? And then they complete, and then Julio Jones makes a great catch where all they have to do is take a knee three times and kick a field goal or whatever. <sighs> and, and the game was over. I mean, and I remember from the press box, I was looking down at the sideline at Belichick and Belichick was looking up at the video replay of Julio's catch because he couldn't believe he made that catch. And then he kind of looked down and had that, I think I say this on your podcast, he had that, oh shit, we're going to lose the game look on his face. You can yeah, absolutely and, say that on our and, podcast, yeah. All words. Yeah, right. thank you. Yeah. And so um, at that moment, I forgot I all wrote about, about that. this. <laughs> I wrote about this recently with Jeff Howe of the, of the Athletic who covers the Patriots. He and I did a retrospective on that Super Bowl this year. Um, and we, it's funny because we were both in the press box. This is when we both worked for newspapers. Our deadline situation was tougher. And we were both at that, okay, I'm going to start writing this now. No, I'm not going to write. No, I'm going to, we both, once that Julio made that catch, we both finished off what we were writing or, or we really went deep in because we, we knew that game was over at that point. I know that's, so that's, so that's number one. And number two, we've seen many football games where teams blew big leads teams have blown leads 28 to three or even bigger than that, but you don't see that in a championship game. <laughs> no. And so that's, that's why that will always stand up. Yeah. Georgia's, you know, loss second and 26. That was huge, but you know, it's overtime. It's a one score situation. It's Nick Saban, it's Alabama. You know, it was, it was devastating for Georgia fans. Maybe not as much for tech fans. It was devastating for Georgia fans, but as funny as that was, it doesn't come close to the Falcons. The infield fly rule, it, it angered everybody, but the Braves were losing that game. And so, and there's no question yeah. that they were going to come back and win that game. It's just that play was like, are you kidding me? You know? Yeah, it's a um, little Moises Alou, Bartman. Yeah, kind yeah. Of like so, blame everything else on it. Also, our guy, Mike fulton gave up 10 runs and one in the first inning. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And And that series, yeah, that series, I mean, the Braves should have won that series. It wasn't just that game. It should even come down to that game. But obviously, then you you have that game, and you're you're coming back for game five, and you think, okay, they'll they'll win this. And And who could forget Brooks Conrad in San Francisco booting the ball all over the place? Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? We just lost... do it to ourselves over and over. They just start coming to our mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even the series they lost to the Cardinals, the, the you know, the ten the ten run first inning game, you know, Freddie Freeman wasn't himself. He he was playing with yeah. 
you know, on painkillers and stuff and, and wins in agony. So I don't know how well they would have done that next series because I don't know if he could have picked up a bat. So, um, yeah, no, 28 to 3 will always stand out, unfortunately, in Atlanta sports doom and gloom. Because you know what? Even if Falcons go on and win a Super Bowl, everybody's going to say, well, they should have two rings right now. That's yeah, true. that's true. I, I just wonder. I I know it sounds crazy, but I just I think that if one of these teams would have broken through one of these times, there's at least a little like a one percent chance that one of the other teams would have broken through. Does it, is that is that crazy? I think Spencer always tells me I'm crazy to believe that. But when you start to think about the way they're all, I mean, even when Georgia lost in 2012 in the dome in the SEC title, the Falcons lost in on that same side of the field in the same stadium, I think to the 49ers or the Seahawks, maybe yeah. like two weeks late. I mean, it's just all almost so poetic. Yeah. I don't know when, I, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, you think of like Boston, Chicago, New York, you know, to some degree, LA competitive, let's say pro sports cities, college sports, sports right. different because in college sports, you know, North Carolina fans aren't North Carolina state or Wake Forest or Duke fans. You know, everybody's fracturing college. Yeah. Georgia fans are not Georgia Tech fans. Florida fans are not Florida State and Miami fans. Pro sports, everybody sort of unites in pro sports. So if we go with the pro sports theme, um, there's a there's a thought, particularly in, let's say, Boston, that, you know, all the pro teams generally are so good and so competitive that they're always trying to compete, not just against the teams in their sport, but against the teams in their own city because they're competing for yeah for entertainment dollars and and you know space in the media and, and all that so in that sense i think you know winning can create a momentum and can create you know kind of competition um which we is don't the opposite of comfortable the, yeah we, yeah but i don't i mean you know the braves are really good for a while and even though they only won one world series they were in five of them and and during that stretch and I don't think the other franchises all of a sudden got really good here, you know? So I, I you could make an argument both ways. Um, I think it's just really comes down to, you know, in general, bad ownership, bad management, bad coaching, bad player decisions. I don't, um, I think they all want to win on some level, but I think they just make some bad decisions and, or maybe aren't willing to do some of the things they need to do to, do you think Jeff do you think that lives in any of the players heads uh, I, I know like like crossing over franchises you don't think there's any way like Falcons fans are pressing because nobody's brought a title to Atlanta or Hawks fans They're or Braves doing fans it so many different ways I the think... Braves have rebuilt the Hawks are early rebuild the Falcons yeah. are middling Georgia's at, it, they're all just at different stages it seems like I, yeah I think in general those things are much more on the minds of you and me and the media right. and fans yeah. than they are in the players. I think they get to be in the players' head a little bit when they are actually a part of that history and yeah, have yeah. lived in that city for a while. I mean, I'm sure Freddie Freeman feels it with the Braves, but I don't think Ronald Acuna feels it with the Braves. I mean, they grew up somewhere else. They're young. Most of what we're talking about predates them. And, um, so I think in general, and, and obviously they have to deal with questions from the media on it, but by and large, they're not really a part of that history. And so I think the only way they really experience it is, is if people on the outside talk about it 
and and you know they're asked about it or they're listening to you know sports talk radio or podcast where they're talking about it but by and large they're just you know they they came from the dominican republic and came here to play baseball and they've only been here for two or three years and you know a lot of them maybe didn't even watch baseball as a kid or something or you know didn't i mean most football players you know will know about the Falcons in 28 to 15 but i don't think they you know they come here from ucla or washington state or florida or whatever and think oh crap i'm coming to the falcons yeah it's time to choke 28 to 3 yeah i think you know i so um yeah aren't aren't julio jones and matt ryan are they are they the only two holdovers from from the uh there aren't many um well alex mack this you're talking about from the super bowl thing yeah, so. uh, yeah. I mean, Alex Mack, the center. No, they actually quite a few guys on defense. Um, I oh, mean, yeah, all those Grady, great, Grady all Jarrett those great contracts. Yeah, Grady Jarrett would have been the probably could have been the MVP of that game. Yeah. Actually, he had three sacks. Um, uh, Deion Jones. I mean, Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal. A lot of these guys were like really young on that team, and so. Um, was Weatherspoon so still playing linebacker? Was that just there? Was Weatherspoon the guy that was like he, defensive MVP for a year and then he just couldn't stay healthy? Yeah, him easily. Uh, yeah, he had come back. Um, he'd been let go, then brought back, and I can't remember. I don't think he was on that Super Bowl team, but I'm not positive. That team was just so good, man. Looking really yeah. Um, you got anything else for him, Spencer? No, I did. I did want to ask one question about the Hawks, uh, Jeff. If you have time. Sure. So, it seems, and I'm. Uh, it should be said that I am a diehard Hawks fan. I like. I, I cover the other sports. Inter- so just... Irrational Hawks fan. In, yeah, sure. completely irrational. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to ask this one question for me. Uh, so the Hawks appear to be like really well managed from a talent acquisition standpoint. But how long do you think this current regime will have to build a team around Trey Young before ownership goes in a different direction? And I'm not just talking about Lloyd Pierce. I mean uh, Travis Schlenk as well. Uh, I don't think Trey Young is going anywhere for a long time unless he wants to go somewhere else. Right. I think the question is how long is John Collins going to be here? Um, for sure. We And so, I mean, Trey Young is the guy that they will build around. And I think the two questions moving forward about the Hawks are, will they trade John Collins and will they trade him even before the off season? Um, and then, and then the other question is about Lloyd Pierce, who I really like as a coach, but there's a lot of pressure on him to win this year. This is his third year, and they they brought all these pieces in, and I think they he has said himself, you know, that they need to be a playoff team this year. So they're they're scuffling a little bit right now, but I don't think, but they they've had a lot of guys injured, obviously, um, and and a, and a lot of guys out of the lineup. Some of the guys that they brought in this offseason, and they and even when healthy, they have a lot of new guys. It takes a while to form. So, but the biggest issue right now, obviously, is the dynamic between Trey Young and John Collins. And Trey Young, you know, whether he needs to change his game or not, is going to win that battle in terms of um, as he should. Which one, which, which one the team keeps? As he should. Yeah, they made as he should. And 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 look, John Collins is he's. John Collins is a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's 20 and 10 and all that stuff. And he get really good. But I, I've written this before. So I'm like, it's not like I'm going to say something here that I haven't written. I, I think he's got some maturity issues. 
and and he obviously wasn't very happy about um, not getting his max contract. He doesn't deserve a max contract. Right. He got suspended 25 games last year for for a PED. He denies he took it intentionally. I think personally, I think that's BS. I think he's just. I think he made a dumb mistake and he cost his team um, the season. I mean, they weren't going to be a playoff team last year, but but they basically, you know. I mean, they tanked after tanked that. Right, yeah. at, right after he, right, because they weren't very deep to begin with. And so, um, yeah, I true. think, and, and so, and he's never really fessed up to that. He's, I think he said he was sorry, but he's never said he did it on purpose. Yeah, I never really stood that, in front of it and, like, put his hand up and said, I, that's, that's true. Like somebody yeah, like Freddie so, Freeman would have done would have done that or like right, and and so I don't know I don't know if that didn't happen if he would have gotten a max contract um, before the season, but I know when that happened there was no way he was getting a max contract. Yeah. Um, and I, by the way, I don't think any other team in the league was going to give him would have given him one this year either. Now the question is, what happens? Do they go through the season like this? Um, obviously, that will depend in part on whether they can rebound from what's going on right now. Um, you could always trade him after the season. You could do the signing trade after the season. Um, or maybe he makes a comeback and, and he plays well and they get it going and he gets the deal he wants. But that that is that and whether Lloyd Pierce can pull it all together is, is that those are the two big questions about the team right now. I, I still like them. I still think if they can get healthy, and that is a big if, if they can get healthy, I still think they're a playoff team. Man, early on they looked so so good. We screwed them. We yeah. we we started putting them <laughs> yeah. in, in the NBA finals, yeah. and then they lost five of six. Yeah, yeah, they, they were four and one, and everybody was uh, it organized the parade already. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was leading that parade. <laughs> um, uh, but they they are undeniably a better product. Like at times last year, they were legitimately unwatchable, and it was just an awful product. And I think now it's. It's undeniably entertaining about, basketball. At least it's a better product, which and stuff like that wasn't happening under Dan Quinn with the Falcons. Like that team had given up. So I mean, th- that's encouraging. Um, anything else, Spencer? No, I'm good. Jeff, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, uh, I'll let you plug your stuff on the Athletic, um, but we need you to vouch for us come baseball season uh, for Dave O'Brien because we want to ask him about uh, his music tweets and maybe like one or two questions about baseball. <laughs> I'll vouch for you. Yeah, just just let me know. I'll send him a text and say to go on your show or something. But uh, yeah, you can. Um, I mean, you can basically go to theathletic.com backslash Atlanta and click any link. Um, click one of my links. I'm sure there's a there's a discount. You can. I mean, it's a really cheap subscription to the Athletic. Um, I think you can probably get it for fifty bucks a year. So you probably spend more than yeah. that on coffee or lattes. And um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Schultz ATL. So. Yeah, and I, I just you know plug here. Like I cannot recommend the athletic subscription enough. If you're a, a sports fan in the state of Georgia and you care about the Hawks, Falcons, Braves, um, and Bulldogs mostly, I, Atlanta United as well. This the content on the athletic is unlike what you get elsewhere, and that's why a lot of people. I think moved over from the AJC when when you and and Dob and, and Seth came from Macon and, and all you guys formed. So yeah, I, I think thanks. I appreciate you saying that. And I think to me the really cool thing about the product is outside of the fact that we have really good content um, for the state of Georgia. You know, to me it's like getting fifty or sixty sports sections delivered to your doorstep every day. I mean, because yeah. we have we have right we have five hundred 
plus employees, I think. We have riders all around the country covering every pro sport of every team uh, in every city. We have a number of colleagues. We have some of the best national riders anywhere in the world, um, and in, particularly in college football. And and so you could, if the hot you're a Hawks fan, if you know Spencer, if you're a, the Hawks are playing, you know the Celtics, you could read all the Hawks stuff. Then you could go over to the Boston page and read all the all the Celtics stuff. Oh, I yeah. oh I do, um, Jeff. Oh, he was he was yeah, mad at yeah. Kershner. He was mad at Kershner when he was sick last week. I think. Yeah, he was he was sick. <laughs> uh, the team was four and one, and this guy's not writing from his home. I was a little upset. He's, I'm not gonna start figuring some things out. <laughs> I was checking his Twitter like every three hours. I was like, when's the next, yeah, when's the next article coming out? How about if I just give you a cell phone number and you could just text him? I love that. I'd blow him up. (laughs) I need content, Kirshner. Okay, Jeff. Hey, we really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're busy with all this Falcon stuff. Um, We'll look forward to reading uh, all all the news coming out of, I'm assuming, next week's press conferences with uh, head coach Arthur Smith and possibly depending on what happens with the Saints, a new GM candidate. Thanks a lot, Jeff. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.